listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Friday edition of the Daily Roundup. We're going to talk about Joey's season, the spoiler, pretty much. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about one screw-up I made in yesterday's podcast. <laughs> Boy, did I really screw a, 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 a timeline up. We are going to talk about... A media's a media person's take on Taylor Swift and the outrage that it is causing. It's it's kind of going viral right now, so I want to discuss it. But there's a part of me that is a little bit miffed about the coverage that this thing is getting. When in reality, I think I've been saying this for about three months, but I get it. <clears throat> I don't make millions of dollars a year to talk football on a podcast and on a radio show. So I guess it's going to have more legs than my podcast. Oh, well, we're going to talk about the traders last night. An excellent, excellent episode. Things are starting to heat up there. We're also going to talk about farmer wants a wife because I watched the first episode last night and I've got some thoughts. We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's start out with this. Something that I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, I was talking about, you know, the whole Facebook thing, Facebook memories, and I was reading my 25 random facts about me. And I said, you know, this came up in 2016. And I was reading them. And one of them said, one of my 25 random facts about me was my niece who calls me TT. And when I was reading the random facts, it said she was four and a half. You know, she's now four and a half. She knows my name. And she still calls me TT. <laughs> At least six of you emailed me yesterday and were like, wait a second, Steve. How was your niece four and a half? in 2016 and now she's a sophomore in college I screwed up that 25 random facts about me was done in 2009 I had another post that came up on January 31st on Facebook that I had discussed earlier in the day with my family and I mixed the two up so I did the 25 random facts about me on January 31st. That's why it popped up as a memory, but it was January 1st, 2009, because Olivia was born in um, 2004. So yeah, she was four and a half. So that's why. Total screw up on my part. No, Olivia didn't go from a four and a half year old in 2016 to a 19 and a half year old in 2024. Did not happen. She did not become the reverse Benjamin Button. Wait, I never saw Benjamin Button. Did he get did he age fast or did he age in reverse? Which one was it? Like he was born an old person and then he got young or what? I don't remember. I didn't see it. Sorry. It's one of those two. Um so yeah. Screw up on my part. Sorry about that. Anyway, moving on. You know what I'm obviously getting asked a lot about is the ending of a Joey season because Joey's addressed it in so many interviews. They showed it in the first two minutes of the season, him standing there at the altar, crying, sweating, walking off the altar. There's one rose there. He takes his jacket off, talks to production, blah, blah, blah. So obviously, naturally, people want to know, like, well, what is it? And it's like, I, I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. But when he's talking about and he does interviews, and he's been saying it, he's always said the same thing. Like, the ending, from what I'm told, is the first time it's ever happened. But 
he's not specifying what the ending is in terms of I'm not saying giving it away. I'm saying what part of the ending because the ending of the show does that mean final rose ceremony day? Does it mean last dates? That's like the ending of the show. So he's being very vague about what quote unquote the ending is. Because if he did and he was specific about it, we'd probably be able to figure it out. So it's not necessarily meaning the ending, meaning the final person. It could mean the final day, the final two days he was there. Hell, he might be talking about something that happens at final three. We don't know. All I'm saying is everybody that is guessing seems to just be immediately assuming this has to do with the last person he chose. When he hasn't specified that, all he has said is the ending, I've been told, is something that hasn't happened before. Well, we've seen a lot of things happen at the ending of this show. So how it goes down, what goes down, hopefully I'll find out before the finale. There's no guarantees, you know. As I went over in yesterday's podcast, my thing has always been, I just want to find out who the final couple was that left the final rose ceremony together engaged or dating. Usually it doesn't end up being dating. You know, we had Colton and Cassie who didn't get engaged. We had Juan Pablo and Nikki who didn't get engaged. Uh, we had, uh, who else? Not, not many. Matt James and Rachel didn't get engaged. But for the most part, we know there's an engagement at the end of this thing. And Joey did get engaged this season. So that's my whole thing is I'm just trying to find out the ending. Obviously, I can never get every detail to every single thing that happens on this show. I give you about as much as I can, and I certainly give you more than anybody on the Internet. But am I going to have every detail every season? Of course not. I've never claimed that I would. So when Joey throws this out there, you just got to keep in mind, we have, even, we have no idea what he's even talking about when he says ending. Maybe it is final day stuff. Maybe it is something that happens when it's down to the final two. Or maybe it's something that happens when it's down to the final three. Or maybe it's something that happens uh, when he has a last date with each woman. We just don't know. You know, I, the show wants to make you think it's what happens on that final day when he's standing there. But we know there's two women in the end. <laughs> and he's standing there and the clip that we saw... I, again, I don't know what it is. I'm just telling you, I think when we get to March and this thing finally plays out, assuming I don't find out what it is, and this thing finally plays out, we're going to say, that was it? <laughs> just like we did for Pilot Pete season. Do you remember that? Season started out the exact same way. Pilot Pete standing there, I believe it was Africa, right? South Africa? I Af can't remember where they were. I want to say it was South Africa. And Chris Harrison walks up to Peter and gives him a message or gives him a note or something. And he says, like, sorry, man. And Peter's just like freaking out. Oh, my God. You know, I, I can't, or, you know, I don't remember the exact wording, but you remember the clip. It's on the Internet. Go, go um, look it up. Just Google Pilot Pete finale teaser, something like that. Pilot Pete season promo. You'll see it. And what did it end up being? Oh, Hannah Ann just got a little cold feet for an extra 30 minutes and didn't show up. And, at, you know, and, and the funny thing was, it's the exact same thing that we're going through this season. At the time, 
that it aired, I didn't know. Well, at that time for that season, I didn't even know who won. At least you know who won this season. But on Pilot Pete season, I didn't know what that scene meant, nor did I know who the winner was. So it was just like, yeah, I mean, this is this could be anything. But then when we looked back on it, when it aired, it was just like, really? That was it? That's what they teased it? You know, but it was a big deal because nobody had the spoiler at that point. So just keep that in mind. I don't think we're going to get any details. I, I doubt Joey's going to slip in any interview that he does and going to give us anything more than what we already have. I'm not really concerned about that. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I'm not worried because I'm going to have the winner for you. Right. I mean, I have the winner for you. I already gave it to you. I gave it to you literally one, two, three, three and a half months before it even airs. You know, like, come on now. It's what you want. All right. This podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Now, I've talked to you about Green Chef before. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I can switch between both brands, and now you can too. My listeners, both brands, you get the discount with me. HelloFresh gets you farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. It's the new year. One of your resolutions probably should be, let's save some money. Eat better. That's what I plan on doing. HelloFresh is here to help you do that. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price that you'll like delivered right to your door. Don't let recipe boredom strike because HelloFresh has more options now than ever before. You dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even more market add-ons that suit any lifestyle. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RealitySteveFree and use code RealitySteveFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's a free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash RealitySteveFree with promo code RealitySteveFree. All right, great episode of The Traders last night. If you didn't watch and you're going to watch today and you don't want to know what happened, got to have to fast forward through the next five minutes or so, or a few minutes. I don't know how long it's going to take. But we ended last episode with Peter pulling the wool over people's eyes, and I realized after the fact what was happening. Peter told three people in confidence, CT, Parvati, and Dan, that Bergy and oh no, that he and Trish, he and somebody had the shields because if the traders went after he did that because he wanted he knew that Bergy and Trishel had the shield. So if he told them they didn't, told the traders those two didn't have it, and he told them who did, which he told it to CT and Parvati and Dan, then if, I mean, you saw it play out, if Bergy is tried to be murdered and he blocks it with a shield, Peter knows. Well, it's one of those three, if not two of them. And he didn't think it was CT. And he nailed it. 
because they went after Bergie. Dan went after Bergie, and he got played. And he realized the second Bergie showed up that morning with the shield, he was cooked. And Peter was telling him basically to his face, like, hey, I, I'll listen to you, but... And Dan said, all right, you know, everybody just... He was going around the house because basically he knew that they were coming after him. And he tells everybody, listen to my argument and then make your decision. At least hear me out at the roundtable, which they did. And for as great of a big brother player as Dan Geesling is, and I never even saw his seasons, I'm just well aware, one of the top five players of all time, I cannot believe that was his argument at the roundtable. Dependent on Phaedra, another one of his traders he's been working with all season. I understand it was a last-ditch attempt. I understand Dan was probably going to be cooked anyway, but I can't believe that was his argument. Like, that was pretty bad. Like, who was going to believe that? <laughs> you know? That was not very convincing at all. Phaedra hasn't received a vote, okay? Phaedra's been... Overly happy when the people walked in on breakfast morning. And, like, really, that was your argument? You thought people were going to turn on Phaedra? <laughs> that was surprising. I th I was thinking, just the way it was being built up, I was thinking that Dan was somehow going to turn the house with his argument. It almost had the opposite effect. Or maybe it didn't. Maybe they were all going to vote for him anyway, no matter what he said. But that was a pretty piss-poor argument to pin on Phaedra and he went out what eight eight votes to one or something whatever it was I mean, it wasn't even close so he says I'm a traitor and I'm out of here but the episode ended with another twist which was obviously Parvati and Phaedra are the two traitors left they now have the ability to either murder somebody or recruit somebody if they recruit somebody and that person accepts, that person joins them that night and there's no murder to start next episode. If that person declines, there's also no... No, if the person joins them, sorry. If the person joins them, then they will choose to murder somebody. If the person they choose decides to decline it, there's no murder. So the thing is that the person that they choose, if they decided, which they did... And really, Poverty had no choice in this matter at this point. Poverty had to try and get Peter to flip. So they extend the invitation to Peter to join them as a traitor. Poverty had to, because if she doesn't and she murders Peter, then everybody knows Peter was right, and she's gone next episode anyway at the round table. So she had to do it. Now, you're probably asking, do you think Peter's going to accept it? I think Peter has to accept it because Peter doesn't know if he doesn't accept there's no murder. I think if he did know that there's a chance he wouldn't accept it, but the note didn't say if you don't accept, there's no murder tonight. It just said, if you accept you join the traders immediately. And Peter also knows if he joins the traders now, his Alliance of five will absolutely have no clue that he's a traitor. Why? Because he just orchestrated a plan that actually worked and showed, hey guys, I think it's Dan and Parvati. And he got one and he was about to get Parvati. So the question now becomes, if Peter accepts, what does he tell his alliance? 
because I don't think he's going to go after Parvati in the very first vote. That will be interesting. But I think he's got to accept it. And just the way this show goes, I think most people that go on this show want to play the role of a traitor. I think they want to be in that role. Who wants to go there and be a faithful? What fun is that? Because as a faithful, all you have to do is just try not to get voted out. And that just seems to be kind of boring, you know? No, I don't know. But I I absolutely think 1,000% he's accepting. And I'm sure when Phaedra and Parvati reveal him themselves, you know, Peter's not going to be surprised by Parvati at all because he's thumbed her for the last two episodes. Maybe he will be by Phaedra. But I think he is going in now at this point. If he accepts it, nobody's going to suspect him, especially his alliance. The only thing I'm curious about is when he goes back to his alliance, his alliance is going to be like, you know, Parvati's next, right? You know, we just we just nailed Dan. We know it's Parvati. He's going to have to flip and just be like, you know what? You know, I don't know what he's going to say, but if I'm him, I'm probably just like, you know what? I thought about it more. And while we nailed Dan, I'm not so sure about Parvati. I don't know what ex- I don't know what his story is going to be as to why, but I'm sure he can come up with something. Because Peter's probably playing this game better than anybody right now, and he's in a great position. Now, if he doesn't accept, he doesn't know that they can't murder somebody if he doesn't accept. But if he doesn't accept, Parvati's gone. She's gone at the next round table. I, I just don't see why she wouldn't be. But I'm <laughs> just know this show. Three times in two seasons so far, an invitation has been extended to somebody to join the traders, and all three have accepted. Last season, Ari accepted. This season, uh, Parvati accepted. And who else accepted last season? No, it's just Ari, it's just Ari. So Ari and Parvati have been the two that have been extended invitations to join. And I think Peter's going to be three, and that'll be three for three. But, yeah, once they were told that they could recruit somebody, Parvati's only move was to try and get Peter because she was gone next. And kind of another reason why I think Peter's going to accept, just kind of the way this show goes. Because if he doesn't accept, I told you, Parvati's gone next. I can't see this show being down to one traitor with, what, 10 people left in the game? I just don't see that happening. So... I think Peter is 1,000% accepting, and we will see that next week. Anybody watch Farmer Wants a Wife last night? I did. Now, I talked about this yesterday, and I said, I didn't watch season one. Don't even know what happened. But I knew it was a popular show around the world. If you saw the episode last night, I forget the host's name, sorry. But if you saw the episode last night, Did that host, did I hear correctly? Did that host say, throughout our franchise, we've had over 200 marriages and 500 children? I knew it was running in other countries, and I knew it was popular, but I thought it was maybe five, ten countries that were running this. To have 200 marriages, and maybe it's been going on for 10 or 15 seasons, but still, how many different countries is Farmer Wants a Wife airing in And even if it's airing in 50 countries, uh, 200 marriages and 500 children this show has produced, that astonished me. 
The Bachelor's fighting for about five marriages in 48 seasons. They got a lot of kids. We got over what? Probably 20 to 30 kids in Bachelor Nation? Gotta be, right? But we're not close to 200 marriages. Jeez. So I watched it, and there's 32 women, and there's eight, and there's four farmers. And each of the four farmers have eight women in their group. So it's basically like four mini bachelor seasons going on in one show. But these guys are all farmers in different parts of the country. But where it was shot, the, the initial episode is shot, I believe, in Arkansas. Oh, Alabama. Something like that. Yeah, Alabama. And um, so you got four farmers. And <laughs> it's just, look, I... I know very little about farming. I know Chris Souls was a farmer, and I've never been on a farm in my life. I have no interest in going on a farm ever in my life, and that's just it. But when we found out who the farmers were, I just thought it was funny because we've got Farmer Ty, Farmer Nathan, Farmer Mitchell, and Farmer Brandon. Just kind of seems like four farmer names. Farmer Ty, I mean, it's just like, of course there's a farmer named Ty. You know, Farmer Mitchell, Nathan, Brandon, it just, it just, they fit the stereotype to a T. Let's just put it that way. Um, But I just, come on. <laughs> and then the other thing is, this is really no different than a lot of other dating shows. There are plenty of women that you saw last night, if you watched the show, that... Look, they wanted to be on TV, and I don't think these women had any, any inclination and any desire whatsoever to ever move to a farm in their life. There's one girl that was a vegan, and she was picked by the farmer who works herding cattle, and <laughs> and he's a beef farmer. Like, what? How's that going to work? But just the whole thing watching these women saying, you know, I've been in the city this whole time and haven't found myself a man. Might as well try this out. Yeah. Come on. It just, it's just not believable that 32 women are just literally dying to pack it all up and move to the country and live in rural wherever. Missouri, I think one's in Florida, one's in Colorado, one's in Nashville. Rural, those places, not in the heart of the city. It's just hard to believe. So, I'll, you know, I'll watch as the season goes on and check it out. But just it's it's pretty comical watching some of them. And you're just like, you can tell during the conversation. You can just tell. And then so of the eight women, each guy has eight women in his group. And last night he picked five to move on to his farm with him. And within those five, he chose one that basically gets to go there first. And he gets a full 24 hours with her alone. And then the other four join him. On his farm, wherever it may be. Like I said, I know one of them is uh, Missouri, one is Colorado, I think, and one is Nashville. The other one might be Florida somewhere. I can't remember. But, yeah, uh, that's <clears> – <throat> and then he eliminates – I think he eliminates one a week or something like that. But, yeah, he's already down – each one is already down to five women, and it's only an hour episode, so it kind of flies by. That's I would not watch this if it was two hours. No way. I'm really – Wondering if I can even make it through an hour of eight or ten episodes, however much it is. But we'll see. It's just comical. 
it's very shut off your brain and just kind of laugh show. So that's why I think I might be able to stick this one out. But check it out if you haven't. And finally, want to talk about this kind of viral clip uh, that's making the rounds right now from Colin Cowherd, who is a sports talking head at uh, Fox Sports. He's got a radio show. He's got a podcast. Um, you know, and he did like a four-minute clip on basically what I've been saying for weeks is just like, why are people so bothered by Taylor Swift? And then I went over the statistics the other day. The game on Sunday was three hours and nine minutes. They showed her for 44 seconds. Like, how could you possibly be bothered by this? And this is what Coward said in his four-minute video. These were the, the important lines were, the fact the largest pop star in the world is dating a star tight end who had one of his greatest games ever, and the network airs them, and that upsets you? What does that tell you about, what does that tell us about your life? <laughs> um, and then he said, like, the people that are, you know, um, upset about this and who complain about this are saying, like, well, we're just only interested in watching football. He's like, no, you're not. You know Why? Because a large portion of football game broadcasts consists of commercials that take up a ton of airtime. A football game, um, any three-and-a-half-hour football game, statistically, you know how many minutes of actual football are played? 18 in three-and-a-half hours. You're getting 18 minutes of actual football. So this whole thing is, we just want to watch football? No, you don't. Because you're watching 18 minutes and yet you're sticking around to watch a whole football game that's three hours and 30 minutes. So let's kind of tap the brakes on that. And then he said, look, high-profile male celebrities have been in sporting events for the longest time. Matthew McConaughey goes to games. Drake, Eminem, Spike Lee. They're shown all the time when they're at games. And they're you know, shown on the Jumbotron at the games. Taylor isn't even shown on the Jumbotron. She's just shown to the people at home. They'll show Spike Lee on the Jumbotron every time the Knicks play at home. They'll focus on Spike Lee numerous times during the course of a basketball game. Yet they don't receive the same type of hatred that female celebrities do. Like, so, I mean, they're, so basically he's saying this is deep-rooted in misogyny. And he's right. Trust me, I hate I hate when Colin Coward is right because that guy's a horse's ass. Okay, maybe he's not that bad, but I'm just, I'm not a fan of him because I know kind of his shtick. Used to work in the industry. I went on his show a couple times years ago. Early 2000s, I went on his show when he was still working out of Seattle. But the, he's making a great point, and it is, it's, it is rooted in misogyny. Why are people so upset that a successful woman is being shown on television? And you can't say because it's distracting from the football game. She gets 44 seconds in a three-hour and nine-minute game this past Sunday. There's no way you are that bothered by it unless you just are upset that a good-looking, successful woman, a woman that you have no chance of ever being with and who would never look twice your way, is getting airtime. And he said there's a stat out there, and it's kind of uncomfortable for you sad guys, that 50% of men never have real intimacy with a woman. I didn't know that statistic. 50% of men, really? I did not know that. Anyways, he went on to say, that means that the other 50% have multiple intimate relationships with women, and the ones that don't are angry and sad and lonely, and they are often misogynistic and resent women who didn't give them the time they think they deserve. And look, he's right. 
I mean, the example about the men, like I grew up in Los Angeles, watched Laker games growing up. Jack Nicholson was shown at the Laker game every time he was there, courtside. I don't remember in the history of the world. I mean, Jack Nicholson, one of the probably the probably top five, top ten actors of our generation, right? Taylor Swift is more popular than Jack Nicholson ever was. I don't even think it's close. She's the most popular human alive right now. I don't remember in the history of the world anybody, anytime. Jack Nicholson went to every Laker home game. I don't remember anyone ever criticizing her or him once and been like, oh, my God, stop showing Jack Nicholson. Taylor Swift gets 44 seconds in a three-hour, nine-minute game, and people are losing their shit. Why? What did she do? She did nothing. Yes, this is rooted in misogyny. I've been saying this for weeks. Of course, Colin Coward gets paid millions of dollars by Fox, and that's why his clips go viral. I get it. But maybe somebody should have been listening to the Sports Daily since I've been saying this. It's not a big deal. But uh, there is a faction of people that are absolutely losing their minds because Taylor Swift is getting attention. And she's not doing anything wrong. She's not drawing attention to herself. Did you see one of the times in the 44 seconds she was shown this weekend? One of the times she was looking up at the TV in the suite. So she saw herself on TV and you can hear her mouth the words, please go away. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, she's just doing that to be humble or whatever. Look, she can't control it. And just get ready. Because she's going to get shown numerous times at the Super Bowl. I guarantee that Saturday night or Sunday morning, there's going to be news stations that absolutely are going to be parked at Harry Reid Airport waiting for her plane to arrive from Japan. Like a Taylor watch of when is she arriving? When is she getting here? It's coming. Just have fun with it. It's not a big deal that they show her. She's not hijacking the game. The game and everything that goes along with it. Like he said, 18 minutes is the actual game time that you actually spend watching in a football game in a three and a half hour game, 18 minutes of playing time. So don't say, oh, it's taking away from football. You still watch a full football game, even though what 90, 95% of it isn't football. It's shots of the coaches. It's shots of other girlfriends in the stands or family or stories, or halftime shows. You're there to be entertained. The football game is part of it, but you're there to be entertained. This is just another 44 seconds of quote-unquote entertainment. Showing somebody in a stand. How many times do they do shots of a crowd during the course of a game? Those add up to more than 44 seconds. Why aren't you complaining that they're showing people in the crowd? Just this whole story is amazing how it's upsetting people. Guys, calm down. It's okay. Nobody's getting hurt. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review, but you got to now hit play. They've changed the way they record downloads. Normally, if you were following me and it downloaded to your feed, then it assumed you listened. Now it needs you to hit play. So if you forget to listen one day, go back and hit play for me. I'd really appreciate it. Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. You can check that out. Everyone, have a great weekend, and we're back this um, Monday, of course. We'll be back on Monday uh, as we continue on here and probably going to have more Taylor Swift talk next week as we head into Super Bowl week and 
Taylor coverage that will definitely be going on. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Monday. See you.